Hello and welcome to this Discipleship Podcast. This podcast is part of our foundation series and falls under our value of Give Second Chances. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of forgiveness. Now we live in an increasingly unforgiving world. Think about the latest public figure who has been made an outcast for a 10-year-old tweet or for expressing an opinion that doesn't fit with a pervading view and you'll see what I mean. When it comes to failure, it seems in our culture that it is very much a one strike and you're out. And if we're honest for a moment, it's not actually hard to understand why. After all, that's often how we instinctively feel, isn't it, when someone hurts or offends us. Our default is to write people off, to keep them at arm's length. We want justice to be done for the wrong caused us. We don't want to let people back in in case they hurt us again. And these thoughts and feelings are natural when people hurt us. What isn't natural, what is in fact supernatural, is to forgive. And yet, of course, this is what Jesus calls us to do. Forgiveness is at the very heart of the gospel. We all know that, right? But what we sometimes forget, or find harder at least to live out, is that if forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel, it also needs to be at the heart of the church. Our scripture today is Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. It's a famous parable where Jesus teaches the disciples about forgiving one another. It starts with Jesus immediately taking a sledgehammer to our one strike and you're out response to offence. Peter asks Jesus in verse 21, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Now, Peter here thinks he's gone above and beyond with this figure. From his point of view, to forgive seven times is extreme grace, which is why Jesus's response would have been so shocking to them. He says to Peter, no, 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 not seven times, but 77 times, which is another way of saying there isn't a cap. There isn't a limit. You are to forgive as many times as you are sinned against. And he then tells them this parable from verse 23 of Matthew 18. Let's read it together. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now, from this parable, there are three things that we can observe that will help us when it comes to forgiving one another. Firstly, we need to understand the size of our debt. 
So verse 24 tells us of a servant who's brought before his master, owing him 10,000 talents. Now, it's easy to gloss over this detail and just think, oh, yeah, 10,000 talents. That sounds like quite a lot. But we need to understand that 10,000 talents in today's money is the equivalent of something like five billion pounds. It's an outrageous amount. It's an unrepayable debt. And that's the point. In verse 26, the servant pleads for mercy and says that he will pay it all back if the master is just patient with him. But the truth is, he has no chance, no hope of paying that debt back. And we need to understand that when it comes to our sin before God, we carry an overwhelming debt that no amount of our effort or our works could ever repay. In response to this, the second thing that we need to understand, therefore, is the vast scope of God's grace. Verse 27 says, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Now, if we don't read that and gasp aloud, then we're probably too familiar with the parable. That's how the disciples would have reacted. It is a truly outrageous and shocking act of mercy. And of course, it's a picture of how God has responded to us. Now, what the parable doesn't go into, but of course, in reality, we know is that that debts cannot just be wiped off without someone paying the debt or someone absorbing the debt. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter two, verses 13 to 14, tells us that this is what Jesus has done for us. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us. As the old hymn goes, when it comes to the debt of our sin, Jesus paid it all. There is no ounce of our guilt that remains. There is nothing left to be paid off. Now, such mercy, such extravagant grace should create in us thankful hearts, which makes what happens next in the parable a truly shocking twist. You see, the third thing that we see is the scourge of unforgiveness. In verse 28, it says, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Now, our response to to reading this, to hearing this, is supposed to be to throw up our arms in indignation. To say, how can you refuse to forgive when you have been forgiven such a large debt? And yet, this is what we do when we hold on to unforgiveness. Now, it's worth noting that the amount owed to the servant of a hundred denarii is not totally insignificant. You know, it's the equivalent of probably around £10,000 in today's money. So it's, it's still a sizable debt. The point that Jesus is making is, is not to diminish the impact on us when we are sinned against, but to show us that the offences against us are incomparably small compared to our sin against God. And what happens next in the parable is telling. We see from verse 30 to 34 that both men end up imprisoned. And this is a a vivid picture of the damage that unforgiveness does. That's why I refer to it as a scourge. Unforgiveness imprisons both the offending party and the offended party. In truth, there are few things more damaging 
and corroding to our souls than that of unforgiveness. Few things that steal away our joy and freedom more than unforgiveness. And that's why the enemy tries to convince us to stay in that place, to rob us of the freedom that is ours in Christ. Just think how differently this parable could be. It should be a a chain reaction of grace, forgiving as we have been forgiven. Think how differently our relationships might be if we did the same. So here's some questions to think about. Number one, why is forgiveness so difficult? Number two, are there people in your life that you are withholding forgiveness from? And number three, look at verse 35 of Matthew 18 and think about what you think this verse means. That's all for now. I hope this has been helpful and I'll catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening to this message from Whitstable Community Church. To find out more, go to www.whitstablecommunity.church.